Welcome to the HD CEO Psyche Podcast. I am your host, Ashley Brianna Eve. This is the show for the sacred rebel entrepreneurs who are ready to experience power, purpose, and prosperity in business their way. I am a leading human design business expert trained by the official schools and certified Gene Keys mentor studying with Richard Rudd. This is a no bullshit podcast bringing you alignment and ass kickery to help you embody your design, rewire your beliefs, and scale your soul-led business in a way that simplifies making money online. Now, fair warning, I am a fan of the cursey words, so if that is not your jam, this is likely not the place for you. If it is, welcome to the family, and I can't wait to get to know you. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the HD CEO Psyche Podcast. My name is Ashley Brianna Eve, and I am honored to have you here as I always am because I know how busy we each are in our lives, and I always feel so honored when you choose to say yes and listen to this podcast. Now, today is going to be a little bit of a different type of episode because, well, for two reasons. Number one, One of my biggest pet peeves is the excuse, I don't have the energy for that because. Typically what I find after helping thousands of people over the last five years with human design, what follows I don't have the energy for that because is I'm a non-energy type or I'm a projector or whatever the case may be, right? There's ways even if you are a generator or a manifester, where you can come up with perceived reasons, which typically are excuses on why you don't have the energy for something. So I want to address this because as someone with a background in holistic nutrition and personal training, I mean, I've put projectors on the podium at world's toughest mutter and some of the most challenging competition stages in the world, I would love to bring you a different lens to the conversation of, I don't have the energy for that. And don't worry, if you are not a projector or a reflector, still stick around because you're going to get so much gold from this episode, as always, right? And number two, there's been a deep contemplation that I've been in since we've moved to the farm. It's almost felt as though I've been in the Zoom room. I sit on so many Zoom calls now. And you know when you're sitting in the Zoom waiting room and it says waiting for host to begin meeting? I feel as though that is such a metaphor and analogy for where I've been since we've moved into the farm. I feel as though higher self, God, the universe, has me in this waiting room and I'm just sitting there watching the mouse scroll circles, waiting for someone to let me in so I can know the next chapter. And I really believe we always know. And sometimes the piece that needs to come through for us is releasing the shoulds, needs, have tos of the mind. And isn't that always our task? Coming back to who we always were and loosening the grip the mind has on us. So, I've known for a while and I've felt for a while that I've really missed this holistic lens on what I'm able to bring people. I mean, my background's in psychology. I went to school for psychology. My specialty was risk versus resilience and what makes people resilient and how people can become more resilient through leveraging their strengths. I'm certified in positive psychology and I have, as we just talked about, a background in holistic nutrition and personal training. That was something I've done for 
oh my goodness, I had an incredibly successful personal training studio. It was called Stronger. And I was really building a name for myself across Canada and the US as the go-to personal trainer and specialist for athletes when I injured my back. And I really miss that. And there's been a piece of me that's really been calling me back to weaving my specialty in a new way, in a way that hasn't been seen before. And on top of all that, I'm at the Differentiation College with the International Human Design School. So I'm becoming certified and being a holistic analyst. So there's been all these moving pieces behind the scenes. And I've realized that I am fucking amazing at branding and at business and at strategy. And I love strategy and I love business. And just because we're amazing at something, patting myself on the back right now, just because we're amazing at something, that doesn't mean it's your path. And it doesn't mean that it's something that's meant for you forever. And I've been sitting with the question lately, and I encourage you to sit with this as well. The question was, yes, I'm amazing at this. And yes, I enjoy it now. And do I see myself helping people build brands forever? And that was a big question that was coming through. And at the very same time that this question I was sitting with and contemplating, I've had so many people from back in the day when I had my studio stronger reaching out, asking if I'm doing personal training programs again. And on top of that, it's the 10 year anniversary of my first Tough Mudder competition, and which would mean it was also this past spring or this past winter, I suppose, the 10 year anniversary of when I injured my back, taking myself out of competition for the CrossFit Games. So it's this year feels very symbolic, <laughs> very symbolic. It's 10 years on a lot. It's 10 years on Luna finally coming home. If you've been following me on Instagram, it's short story, a horse that I rehomed 10 years ago and we are reunited and I was able to bring her back to the hobby farm that we have now. So there's just so much, so many moving pieces. And ultimately my cross is the right angle cross of service and I love being of service and I love helping people be stronger in mind, body and soul. And that's why my studio was named Stronger and it wasn't just training at the time, it was mindset for athletes. So while this next phase is still coming into focus for me on what my niche will be or what I'll be focusing on, there's a very clear sign that helping within business is starting to close. That book is starting to close, not just a chapter closing, but a book closing and a new book is starting to be written. And I'm really excited about it. Again, you know, I think, well, I know all the pieces aren't here yet, and I know that bringing you along for the journey also gives you permission to do the same in your life and your business. I am a six line after all, so it's the role model or the objective leader when we look at that from a business perspective. And I really hope that watching me as I navigate choppy waters, as I navigate the unknown, as I still move while being in the waiting room for what this looks like, I hope and I pray that it inspires you in some way. I think sometimes the easy course is not always the right course. And in fact, a lot of times the easy course of action is not always the right course. It would be incredibly easy for me to continue with status quo. It would be incredibly easy for me to continue putting out branding workshops and business workshops. And I know that's not the path forward. So things will be changing. 
I, I honestly wish I could give you a hard line on my niche moving forward. And there is this, this back and forth within me because I really do love working with athletes. And I also love helping women that are, you know, 35 realize and achieve goals that they've had in their heart for a long time. And I'm really feeling that in my gut right now because I realized as I moved over the 35 mark, I found myself over the last couple of years, not necessarily recently, but the last couple of years starting to say things like, I'm too old for that, or I'm too old to get started on that, or I'm too old to take up CrossFit competition again, or I'm too old for this, or I'm too old for that. And these stories were really insidious. They were, they seemed as most stories do and as most identities do really harmless or almost as if I was joking with myself. But when I sat with them, I realized that was actually a real story that was happening. So what I've found I'm so passionate about is helping women at that age where there's those stories of I couldn't, who am I to because of my age or because I have a family or because of this or that, helping those women go after the goals they've held in their heart for a long time. So anyway, we'll see how it all, all the cards fall, if you will. I think the most important thing to me right now is being that role model for you. And there's still ways to work with me right now. Either way, you can hop into Iconic. Iconic will still be here, my business mastermind, until the end of 2023. So that is not going anywhere for 2023. I'm, I really fucking love that space. I'm not even going to lie. I really fucking love that space. And it's going to feed my passion for still helping with business. And I've had a lot of requests for deconditioning workshops in human design, so those will be coming back. And as always, if you desire to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, you can reach out and we can look at creating a custom package. However, my business packages one-on-one -on -one will not be offered anymore. It will be more of a deconditioning, holistic approach to changing your life from the inside out deconditioning the layers of the not self and really remembering who you always were. And yes, I know it's vague right now, but it's because I have not decided on a niche yet. So anyway, with all that said, it leads us into this podcast episode. Oh, actually, there's one more thing I want to say. This podcast will be staying. I love the HDCO psyche and I'll still be putting out business content on it because again, it's not that I don't love business. I do. And if you know me, if you're really super aligned, if you were to reach out, of course, I would have space for you. I would make it happen. Even if it's business, don't tell anyone else. So no, I'm just kidding. So this podcast will stay. However, I have a new podcast that I'm creating behind the scenes that's just not ready yet to see the public, and it is the Holistic Human Design Podcast. So that will be my main focus, and the HD CEO Psyche will take a little bit of a backseat, but I'm committing to at least three episodes a month. That's what I'm going to commit to for you guys. And of course, you can work with me on the stuff we cover here in Iconic, which is my mastermind, or my self-paced courses at ashleybrannaeve.com. There's tons of self-paced courses and content there. Or like I said, if you're super fucking aligned, reach out and we can look at what maybe we can work out for one-on-one. -on -one. But otherwise, my one-on-one -on -one will be transitioning to holistic coaching and deconditioning. All right. With that said, let's get into this episode. So this episode, I feel so important and close to my heart because as we just heard, my background is in nutrition. My background is in personal training. And one of the things that has 
been like nails on chalkboard to me since I've gotten in the online spiritual space, especially the online human design space is I don't have the energy for that because blank, because I'm a projector, because I'm a reflector, enter whatever your excuse has been in after I don't have the energy for that. And it's really unfortunate because one, I've had a lot of people reach out to me and say, you know, I love being a lawyer or I love working in corporate. I love that intensive, high energy environment. And someone online told me I can't because I'm a projector or I'm an athlete and I rock climb and I want to be on international stages, but I was Googling being an athlete as a projector and the internet was telling me that I can't do CrossFit or I can't compete in high energy sports because I'm a projector. And, you know, I guess this is the downside of the popularity of human design. Things have been taken very out of context and I'll always come back to what one of my mentors at the International Human Design School said, and he said that, and I'm this is a, not a direct quote, he said something along the lines of one of his least favorite things or pieces of language in the human design world is non-energy type because it gives people the illusion that they don't have energy. And when I heard him say that, it hit me in the gut because that had been something I'd been advocating around for years before I had ever heard him say that. And how I did my journey with the International Human Design Schools, I actually went back and redid levels over the years so that I could learn from other people there and get a different perspective and go deeper into my own knowledge because every time you hear it, oh my goodness, you, you understand it at such a deeper level. So when he said that, it really hit me because what I've noticed in the online space is that people are taking non-energy type to mean you don't have energy. And they're using that as excuses in many ways. Having worked with thousands of people in business with human design, one of the main ways I was seeing that come up was, oh, I can't do it like that because I'm a projector. I don't have the energy. I'm not a generator. I don't have the energy like a generator, completely taking it out of context. And in fact, I have energy projector clients that could run circles around me and I'm just exhausted watching them work and watching them do their thing. And no, they aren't misaligned. Now, the quote Ross said of projectors are not here to work. You guys have heard me say this before. Number one, it never had anything to do with the business application of human design, which is BG5. And it was also taken out of context. And another thing I want you to keep in mind with anyone that has an undefined sacral, that's not just knowing or not knowing, sorry, when enough is enough for work. It could be if you have an undefined splenic center and an undefined sacral, not knowing when enough is enough, when letting go of things that no longer serve you. Or with the ego, not knowing when enough is enough in terms of making promises. So it's not just in terms of work that the not knowing when enough is enough will show up. Another thing to keep in mind is it's not necessarily that you are not here to work if you're a certain design. Each design has some rules that are going to fit better for them based on their aura and their strengths. And that's what I love helping my clients with is leverage their strengths in business, in life, in their careers. So with that said, if it isn't you don't have energy and you don't know when enough is enough in terms of output of energy, well then what is it? 
and I want to break down a couple areas that I see the biggest fucking issues with people actually lacking energy. And this is going to take a little bit more of a health personal training route than anything else. Number one, it's a habit, low energy and stories based on a personality of I'm someone that doesn't have energy create this habit and create a reality around you that doesn't actually support the available energy that you have or what your potentiality is. And I'm going to use myself as an example here. I took some time off of CrossFit. I had injured my back and I got into a habit of essentially being lazy, of not really moving much in terms of fitness. And I started to develop stories around I don't have the energy anymore like I used to to compete at that high level. I must just be getting older. And I started to develop all of these stories. When I started training again and got into a new habit of having energy and a new identity of I am an athlete, well, guess what? All of a sudden, all that old energy came right back and I was able to match who I was years ago competing in CrossFit. However, because I changed my identity, it changed my reality. What a lot of people are trying to do is change their reality with the exact same identity and wondering why things are not sticking. And what I mean by that is, say your story right now is I don't have energy and your story is I'm someone that lacks energy. That's your identity. Your reality is going to reflect that. You're going to take actions and behaviors and habits are going to develop based on the identity of I am someone that doesn't have energy. So what a lot of people do is they try to change their environment. They try to change their behaviors with the exact same identity underlying the behaviors and the actions. Well, what happens? Exactly what we see in the start of the year every year when people pick up new fitness goals and it lasts a couple months and then they go right back to who they were before. Why do they go right back to who they were before? Well, they actually never changed who they were in the process. So the core identities that are they are taking action from every single day are the identities of I don't have the time, I don't have the energy, I'm someone that hates working out, and all these identities that truly do not serve the new behaviors they're trying to instill into their life. Well, if you change your identity first, your personality creates your personal reality. So as soon as I, going back to the example of me, as soon as I change my identity from I'm someone that doesn't have energy, I'm someone that's getting older, therefore I'm lacking energy, to I am an athlete and I am someone who is always brimming with energy, my actions reflected that and how I felt, my emotional state reflected that. So I'd say number one, energy is a habit And if you have the habit of an identity surrounding stories that no longer serve in terms of I'm someone who doesn't have energy, I'm someone who hates working out, I'm someone who hates working, and all these stories that clearly don't serve, especially I'm looking at you undefined Sweenix Centers and undefined sacrals, you must change the identity so your habits, your behaviors, and your actions can change. So I would say, number one, I'd be looking at what are the habits you have created based on an underlying, likely subconscious identity. And identity statements can also be really sneaky, sneaky. Why? You usually, I'm going to guess, don't go around saying, I am someone who lacks energy. 
how you say it to yourself or how you say it to others is likely, no, I can't because I don't have energy for that. That stems from an identity at your core that you have developed. So I would be looking at what habits have you created and therefore actions and realities around you based on identities that no longer serve. Number two, this is a really obvious one that a lot of people make excuses about why they can't get more sleep. However, let's address sleep. The reality is if you are not sleeping, you are not going to have energy. <laughs> it is going to be immensely harder if you are not recharging your battery, giving your mind time to rest, and giving your body an opportunity to recover. I recommend having a Fitbit or something that tracks your sleep so you can actually have data on what is happening. Because what I realized in Six Line, we're going to use myself as an example a lot here. What I realized was so there were times I would wake up with a story I was tired, but my sleep score was actually really well and I slept really well. So there was this disconnect between what reality was and what I was telling myself. And that looped back into a time where I had a lot of stories of, I'm someone who's tired, I'm someone who doesn't sleep well, I'm someone who doesn't have energy. So I would wake up in the morning with the belief that I didn't sleep well. And it was really interesting when I got a Fitbit to track and see, oh, I actually am sleeping really well or that night I didn't sleep really well and track that and see what the reality was and even how my mind would play games with me in regards to sleep and restoration. So I do recommend a Fitbit because the reality is if you are not resting, recharging, recovering while you sleep, it's going to be that much harder to have energy and that's not going to have anything to do with your design. It has to do with just you know, being human. So I recommend looking at your sleep patterns. Now, in terms of human design, Rotru, who said that the projectors, manifestors, and reflectors tend to do best sleeping on their own. Those without a sacral, especially, he would say, if you are, say, you have a partner that has a sacral and you're sleeping in the same bed together, that it's better to sleep separately. I leave this up to my clients. I have clients that are projectors who swear by sleeping separately, and I have clients who are projectors that swear by not sleeping separately. I really believe something as personal as this requires you to really come back to your own authority and decide what's best for you and your circumstances and your situation. Don't think because you're sleeping in the same bed as your partner and you're a reflector and they're a generator that you're screwed. That's not the case. <laughs> I have, again, athlete clients at the highest level, millionaire clients crushing it in their industry who sleep in the same bed with their partner and they don't struggle with sleep issues. I would say if you are struggling to feel restored and you have the data of your Fitbit, for example, or your aura ring and it's saying you're sleeping well, I would play potentially and try it out with separate sleeping arrangements, see if it works. However, there's a lot of pieces that go into this as well, which we're going to get into next. And that's why I love taking a holistic lens, working with my clients and why I'm coming back to this, because the reality is just saying, oh, you're not sleeping well. And it's because you have a generator partner and your reflector is a bunch of bullshit. There's so much that could be going on that we need to address. It has absolutely nothing to do with human design. So I would say it is something you could certainly play with. Rot Ruhu also said, and I do find this has a major role in my clients, 
that the non-sacral beings, so manifestors, projectors, reflectors, do best with a wind down time before bed. He suggested being horizontal before you actually go to sleep. So that may be reading a book or meditating or whatever the case may be, whatever that looks like for you, being horizontal before you go to sleep. He said for generators and manifesting generators, it's ideal for you to use all your sacral energy in a way you love using your energy throughout the day and you basically fall into bed before you go to sleep. You just use up all that juice and there's nothing left in the tank to give. Now, I'm again going to give my personal experience here. I've seen everything on all ends of the spectrum for clients. And again, I believe Ra-Ruhu would also say, use your strategy and authority. So for myself as a generator, I absolutely do have to use my energy correctly during the day. It's a non-negotiable. If I don't use my energy correctly in a way that's right for me, it absolutely impacts how I sleep that night. And it also impacts my mind. I will find my mind is a lot more restless if I'm not using my energy properly throughout the day. And that actually is one of the major things I look for in my major signposts if I'm no longer aligned in business. I start to get really restless at night and don't have that opportunity to fully recharge. I just feel as though I'm not using my energy properly. My sacral wasn't fulfilled. It wasn't satisfied. So I will say I see that a lot personally. And in fact, I actually went through a period with extreme insomnia. This would probably be about 10 years ago now where I wasn't using my energy properly throughout the day. And I went to sleep clinics. I had testing done on me, all kinds of stuff. And no one could explain why I wasn't sleeping. And I really believe the root of that is I was not using my sacral energy properly and I will die on that hill. So I do believe that's so important for generators and manifesting generators is use your energy properly. Now, I will say I tend to watch TV before bed, so I am horizontal. I know it's like a cardinal sin, but we're just going to deal with it because I'm not going to (laughs) change. It is one my my one time in the day when I can relax. All right. So I do watch TV before bed and it does not impact my sleep as long as I have used my energy properly throughout the day. I also see this with my clients and their kids, especially as long as their child has used their energy properly throughout the day as a generator or manifesting generator, they sleep well at the time that they have to go to bed. So I will say I don't believe in hard lines of generators and MGs. Now you're not allowed to watch TV or read a book before bed. I would more start with make sure you're using your energy properly throughout the day and then everyone else, the manifestors, projectors, reflectors, ensure that you do have that wind down period before bed. And I would almost recommend as well, depending on the client, that you're using your energy properly, knowing when enough is enough throughout the day so that you're also not burned out by the end of the day, right? So the ge- here's this, the difference, guys, and I want to make sure I frame this for you before we move on from the topic of sleep. The generators and MGs know when enough is enough because they have the defined sacral. The problem is that they know when enough is enough, so they quit things. Just because something's defined does not mean you're using the energy properly. It is not a free pass to just use the energy properly. So you have your generators and manifesting generators. They know when enough is enough, so they quit (laughs) when they get into things that are not correct. Now you have the projectors, manifestors, and reflectors 
who do not have the defined sacral, who the not self, remember that is not you. This is not correct use of your energy. The not correct use of your energy is to not know when enough is enough. So one of the things I recommend for my non-sacral clients throughout the day is know when enough is enough. Know the correct use of your energy so that you're not burned out. And then for the sacrals, it's so that you don't quit. We don't want you quitting because you know when enough is enough. So number two, I'd be saying we need to be looking at sleep. And I also want to address that this isn't necessarily in any order. It depends on my client and it depends on the intake form and how it looks when they send it into me. Number three, I would say one of the most important things is hydration and nutrition. I have a lot of people blaming their human design for things and the reality is they're not drinking enough water and their nutrition is shit. Or they're saying, oh no, I eat great. And they show me what they're eating in a day and they're eating like 1200 calories. Well, of course you don't have energy. Are you kidding me? I wouldn't have energy either. I need at least 2000 calories a day to sustain the energy that I output. So I think that can be one of the major issues is people will have a couple glasses of water through the day and maybe they're having three glasses of coffee to start the day, which dehydrates you. Now, I'm a coffee fan, so I'm not going to tell you to stop your coffee. So they're already starting the day dehydrated and behind the eight ball because of all the coffee they're having. They have a couple glasses of water throughout the day and then they're eating healthy, sure, in one way to do this example, yet they're only eating 1,200 calories a day or they're eating like shit and they're going long periods without food or they don't have enough protein in their diet or they don't have enough carbs in their diet. Most people hit enough fats. Typically fats tend to be way over for people, but I tend to see either really low protein or really low carbs. And then people wonder why they don't have energy. Well, if you don't have protein, you're not going to be able to recover properly. And obviously more, but we're just simplifying here because it is not an episode on strictly nutrition. And with carbs, well, you're not going to have energy if you don't have carbs. So if we're looking at it from a nutrition standpoint and why I love looking holistically at people to see where the gap is and how we can close it is, well, you might have someone that is sleeping really well. They eat, appear to eat healthy. They appear to be drinking enough water. They do all the things quote unquote right, yet at the end of the day, they're eating 1200 calories. And well, of course, if you require say 1800 calories to just sustain your body in a day, sustain your organs and the calories you use in a day, and you're eating 1200 calories, well, that's going to of course impact your energy. And that's one of the first things to go with my clients where we're dieting or especially dieting to get on stage for bikini competitions or fitness competitions. It's energy. It's energy that will go first. So this is another thing to keep in mind. And I find especially a lot of women are in these chronic diet states where it almost becomes a part of their identity because they know nothing else, whether intentionally or not. It might be unintentional. Just because you don't know any better, or you don't know what your body needs to thrive in terms of calories, it doesn't mean that your body's like, oh, well, it doesn't matter because we don't know. No, your body still needs those calories. So whether people are intentionally or unintentionally in a chronic diet state, that will also impact someone's identity of, well, of course I don't have the energy. I'm a projector or I'm a reflector. I'm someone that doesn't have energy. When the reality is, well, of course you don't have energy because you're not even feeding your body the bare minimum it requires in a day to sustain just the caloric 
burn that your body creates itself from existing. So that would be another area that we really need to look at and I address holistically with my clients. And I would offer this in my holistic coaching packages, my one-on-one coaching packages, where this would be something we would look at. Now, I tend to track with my clients in MyFitnessPal. It's not something I do long-term unless my clients have strict competition goals in terms of athletics, then it is more important, especially in the the competition season to understand and see where their calories are coming from. But often you only need that short term to track the calories to start to be able to eyeball what you should be eating in a day and what it looks like to eat properly in a day. So it varies person to person and who I work with. But I do recommend something like MyFitnessPal, tracking and seeing what you're getting in a day. And I wouldn't necessarily go by what MyFitnessPal tells you. So I just wanna put that disclaimer here. MyFitnessPal tells me I need like 1200 calories in a day and I would actually drop dead if I ate 1200 calories in a day. I would not even be able to do my bare minimum and be someone that is even in a slightly <laughs> okay mood because man, I get hangry. I don't know about you, but when I am hungry, I get angry. So I would track in my fitness pal and the calories each person needs is going to vary. So that is something I work with my holistic coaching clients on to help them find what's correct for them. Now we're going to do one more pillar for this podcast episode, but again, I have a massive intake form. So I tailor what we're looking at and what the main priorities are based on the client that's in front of me. So these are not all the pillars I look at, but I wanna give you something that you can walk away with and start to really bring attention to different areas of your life, your health, and how you go through each day in a way that either supports having energy and supports thriving or supports lack of energy and struggle. So we had touched on mindset and core identity levels. We touched on sleep. We touched on essentially your body with your health and your nutrition. And the last one I actually wanna talk about is the same vein of health and nutrition, but we're going to talk about supplementation. And this is something that I went on a personal journey with a long time ago, and it's something that I'm really passionate about with my clients. I work with a lot of high performers, and I find a lot of my clients, my high-performing clients, get into these chronic states of overwhelm and freeze, and they're very high-performing within the freeze and overwhelm. So it sometimes comes as a shock that that's actually what's happening with them. Now, one, we're just going to look at one area of overwhelm and freeze, and that's mitochondrial compromise. And this is so important to keep in mind, energy and nutrients to be able to actually support the cell itself so that you can create and use energy properly. And this is something that a lot of people aren't talking about because a lot of people don't have that background in holistic nutrition and personal training. So this was something I was really interested in and studied for a long time myself first And it's something I bring to my clients because we require energy to make energy. And our cells, our mitochondria are these little factories for energy production. And a lot of people are inundated with toxins, infections, nutrient imbalances, especially with the state of our soil. And oxidative stress, which creates this mitochondrial collapse is essentially what it's called. 
And supplementation is often what many of my clients require to restore function. And we can implement, I'm not going to recommend any supplements in this episode because I think it might be a little above and beyond this episode itself. However, again, it is something I offer my holistic clients with. So what I want to touch on here, though, is what this looks like. So symptoms of mitochondrial collapse or mitochondrial compromise can be fatigue, a low tolerance of exercise. Again, this could come up of I'm just someone that doesn't have energy. This overall heaviness of the body, weight gain, other metabolic syndromes or symptoms, a low tolerance for stress. If you have a really low window for tolerance, it could actually be mitochondrial compromise. And again, that low tolerance for exercise. Now, this is one thing that's very often not looked at, but I find we can get some really quick gains, which are temporary, but helpful with my clients that help them with feeling energetic again, with feeling good again, feeling like they're flourishing again, so that we can put in more long-term strategies and look at more long-term supportive relief for them. But with the mitochondrial compromise, there are some really quick ways we can gain some wins here and get that improvement in physical energy, stress tolerance. I would say, I want to make sure I make this clear, is with my athlete clients who are in mitochondrial compromise, the first thing we do not do is increase their exercise load. And the reason being is we want to, yes, get these quick wins. However, we don't want to just output that into exercise because we want to heal the underlying issues as well. So we, with my athlete clients, we do not just increase their exercise right out of the gate. We look at other areas as well and really develop a long-term plan before we use that increase in energy for their training goals and training schedule. And again, it's a really comprehensive intake form that I go through to give me an idea of what's going on and where we are able to start to both get quick wins, help someone feel better, but also create a long-term strategy to get them back to thriving and get them back to feeling alive again instead of, and here's what I really want to stress in this episode, instead of just defaulting to, well, I don't have energy because I'm a projector or I don't have energy because I'm a reflector. What we want to stop is that defaulting into excuses because of our design and really look holistically at you as a human being, leveraging your strengths, looking at where the holes are, looking at where we can make some improvements and then building up from there. And that's where we really have an opportunity to change your life from the inside out. Because what ends up happening is say you create the story of, well, I don't have energy because I'm a projector, or I don't have energy because I'm a reflector. Everything in your life is going to be reflected based on that core identity and story that you continue to repeat to yourself. And I really believe what happens from that place is we limit our potentiality and very often live with things that are fucking fixable. For example, the mitochondrial compromise is fixable. That's something that we can get immediate gains with. And it might look as something so simple with a client as adding magnesium into their diet. And again, I don't want to give dosages or anything here. It's something I do with my clients. However, it could be adding magnesium and B12 injections and CoQ10. And that's all it looks like to increase their energy in the short term. And then we look at the overall picture for them and they're a totally different person. Yet imagine if they had continued to tell themselves the story of, 
I don't have the energy because I'm a projector. How much life they're missing out on living. How much experience and thriving they're missing out on because they've allowed a certain box to create their entire reality. And it's not to say that some people won't have less energy than others. I don't think anyone and everyone is meant to be a high level competitive athlete. I just don't. However, there is an aliveness within you that we can find that beautiful flourishing ground of when we look at those different areas of life and look at, okay, well, what does thriving look like for you? What does energy look like for you? What is having the energy to live your life to the fullest look like for you? And everyone's going to have a different answer for that. Even in business, everyone's going to have a different answer on what they desire their business to look like, how big they want it to be, how much they want to make. Same thing in life. You're going to look different than someone else that maybe wants to be on the Tough Mudder podium at the end of the day, at the end of the competition season. And yet you can still thrive. And yet you still do not have to default to, well, that's just who I am or that's just my design. I think we really have to challenge ourselves to think bigger than a lot of the labels we're given. And I love human design. And Raru, who used to always say, human design is not your authority. Yet a lot of people are using it not to leverage their strengths and their wisdom, but as a reason to justify stories that are keeping them where they are. And I want you to really hear me with that one. I'm going to say it again. A lot of people are using human design not as a way to leverage their strengths and wisdom, but to use it as a justification to stay where they are. And that is not what I want for you. I want you to be able to thrive. I want you to be able to live life to the fullest and go after the goals that you have in your heart. And that was a conversation, a come to Jesus moment I had with myself. I've had this goal of being competitive again in CrossFit for so long. And here I was allowing these ridiculous stories that didn't serve to continually be perpetuated in my life. And there were many ways that I adjusted everything we spoke about today in my own life to support my goals. Now I could, being a grown ass adult (laughs) with my ability to make decisions myself, said, eh, I don't care. It's not worth the time. It's not worth the energy. I really don't give a shit. That goal is not important to me. I don't want to put the work in to achieve it. And I'm making that conscious decision based on my own free will that it really doesn't matter to me. That isn't good enough for me. Settling, especially when I bring those stories to the surface and it's shit that I can shift, settling isn't available for me. It isn't a possibility for me. And I know it's not for you either. And I know if you are someone that has been saying, I just don't have the energy for that, whether you're a projector, reflector, manifester or not, I know that there's something within you that feels like around that, that feels limited around that. And you know Those goals you have in your heart are meant for you. And they're simple shifts that you can make to change your life today. And that is what I'm so passionate about helping you with. All right, guys. So that's what I have for you today. I'm going to give you just a summary so that you can have tangible things to walk away from this episode with today. So number one, looking at the core identity and stories that you have that don't support your goals and what you know you're made for. I really recommend becoming conscious of the things you say subconsciously. Bring the subconscious to the light 
and start to decide, does this actually serve me? Is this in alignment with who I desire to be and the goals I desire to achieve? Number two is sleep. I do recommend having a Fitbit or a ring or some way of tracking your sleep so you're not just going by how you feel in the morning because sometimes we feel as though we had a shitty night's sleep, but we actually had a great night's sleep. So we can look at other areas of life that might be impacting the illusion or the feeling of not having a good night's sleep. So looking at your sleep patterns, generators and MGs, how can you ensure you are using your energy throughout the day on something that brings satisfaction prior to going to sleep? Projectors, manifestors, reflectors, how can you use your energy properly throughout the day, know when enough is enough, and then spend some time horizontal prior to going to bed? Number three, hydration and nutrition. We wanna make sure that you're drinking enough water throughout the day, especially in the summer, especially if you're working out, and especially just to hydrate yourself so you have the energy to thrive. And then nutrition. Is your nutrition on point? And if your nutrition is on point, yet you're still lacking energy, are you eating enough food? And that is a major issue for a lot of people. And I usually have someone that says, yeah, but I gain weight if I add carbs or I gain weight if I do this or that with my nutrition. There's many things to look at here. A lot of chronic dieters, again, whether consciously or unconsciously, whether intentionally or unintentionally, actually slow their metabolism. So there may be a period of where you have to repair your metabolism and get it back to where it's meant to be so that you can be in the proper caloric range. So looking at nutrition, are you drinking enough water throughout the day and are you eating healthy and are you eating enough? And number four is chronic freeze and chronic overwhelm and the detrimental effects it has on the body, which includes mitochondrial compromise. So that chronic freeze, chronic overwhelm, which a lot of people think means not doing anything, but a lot of high performers I work with are creating massive output in their business and life while still in this chronic overwhelm and chronic freeze state, believe it or not. A lot of people are shocked to find out and pull the surface layers back to see, wow, I've literally been in a chronic freeze state. So with that, has that chronic freeze, has that chronic overwhelm created an issue with your mitochondria, which is literally your powerhouse for energy production. So if your mitochondria are in a state of compromise, you're literally not able to create energy in your body. So those would be the four major things I would look at and start bringing attention to rather than defaulting back to, well, it's just because of my design. I'm a non-energy type. And I can promise you when we look at yourself holistically and your, even your design holistically, things start to change really quick. All right, my friends, that's all I have for you today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share if you did. And if you are interested in my holistic coaching, I don't have anything up on the website yet for it. So you can simply DM me over on Instagram or email me at support at Ashley Brianna Eve, and we can look at creating a custom package for you. I will see you guys in the next one and don't forget to share. Bye guys.